You are listening to She Rises, a podcast dedicated to women who are ready to stop settling and start living their lives by design. If you're ready to talk about the stuff that weighs you down and get practical advice on everything from your health, body image, spirituality, relationships, and personal growth, then you're in the right place. Hello, I'm Giovanna Capoza, your host, master coach, spiritual teacher, and mind-body expert, and I'm on a mission to unsettle women all over the world. Are you ready to rise? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of She Rises. I'm your host, Giovanna Capoza, and I'm always, always excited to have amazing people on this show, but in particular today and this topic, um, we are going to be talking about how to say no, how to establish boundaries, how to stop people pleasing, and best of all, how to stand up for yourself without being a bleep. <laughs> um, if you've got little kids in the room, that's the last bleep you're going to hear me say. So I would say save this podcast for a time when you're alone. Uh, we are uh, going to be having some language in the podcast. And so if you have little ones in the room and you're worried about that, best to turn off or skip to the next podcast um, and listen to this while you're alone. But um, enough about that. Today on the show, we have the amazing Amy Smith. She is a certified confidence coach, a masterful speaker, and a personal empowerment expert. She's the founder of thejoyjunkie.com, and she uses her roles as coach, writer, podcaster, and speaker to move individuals from a place of radical personal empowerment and self-love. She has an acute focus on helping people find their voice and to really stop people-pleasing and find their inner value and strength and be able to express themselves in a way where They don't come across looking, like she says, a dick. How many of you out there um, encounter hurdles trying to stand up for yourself, trying to let your yes be a yes and your no be a no because you're worried that you're going to look like a bitch or you're worried people are going to think this about you or you're worried you're going to lose someone you care about because you stand up and say what you need and what you want. I know personally that's been an issue for me in my life. It's still a work in progress. And I know for many of the women listening to my podcast and that I work with, this still is an issue. Um, We're a work in progress, as I said. And one of the biggest hurdles for women out there these days is overcoming this nice girl syndrome. So when I heard what Amy does and how amazing she is, I could not wait to have her on the show. So buckle up. It's going to be a great one. We're looking for your feedback and your voice after this show. Stay tuned to find out more about that. Enjoy. Hey, Amy, welcome to She Rises. I am so excited to have the Joy Junkie on the show. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm excited to to connect and sound off on some of this stuff today. Yeah. I mean, I was saying to you right before we pressed record that, you know, today we're diving into the whole people-pleasing topic, saying yes when you really mean no, you know, not really voicing your boundaries and all that sort of thing. And and I was sharing with you before we pressed record that uh, this has personally come up for me in the last month in a way that I was like, damn it, I thought i you know, I thought I was good with that. And, you know, here it is again, which as we know, all lessons, we're like layers, uh, like onions, and we things are layered. And, and here's another layer. And so when I saw that um, you were my uh, first interview for the day today, I was like, Oh, this is so perfect. So welcome, welcome to the show. I can't wait to dive into this topic. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you so much for having me. And I think it's, 
it is one of those things where uh, it, when I was listening to a couple of your episodes prior to uh, jumping on with you, I was hearing the messages that I absolutely needed to have. So I trust that that is what's going to happen today. So this is exciting. Yeah, perfect timing. So I wonder, um, we always start the show with a little bit about, you know, how it is that the guest got to be, you know, the expert in what they're in. And so I, you know, it's, we can sort of extrapolate that maybe you had your own personal issues with this type of thing. But I wonder if you could, in your own words, share with the audience, like, how is it that you came to be the joy junkie, first of all, and, and to talk about this really important topic, especially for women? Yeah, it's, it's quite a curious tale. And, you know, I've been working in uh, personal development now for, gosh, almost 12 years. And prior to that, I was in makeup artistry. And I think probably one of the most uh, potent uh, accelerators to the work that I'm doing now had to do with my father's death. I really think that was part of the genesis. And I'll, I'll give you a bit of context behind that. So I had started getting involved in personal development and I was kind of looking to transition from uh, makeup artistry into sort of the coaching world. And I was digging into self-help and learning new things, but I really wasn't fully grounded in it as a, at that time. And this was in uh, 07 and my, my father passed away that year through uh, complications from a really egregious and, and strenuous surgery. And it was it was really interesting to look at how all of the family members handled this really pivotal event. And up until that time, for a little bit of understanding of how I grew up, I grew up in a very, very conservative born-again Christian family where there was a lot of motivation through guilt and fear and I know on your recent episodes, you've been talking about, you know, sex and how, you know, what we're taught about our body and what about our womanhood and about being quiet and don't speak up. And there was a lot of that that was really infused in in my upbringing. And by all accounts, I would be the, quote, good kid. My two younger brothers ended up like doing jail time, didn't go to school, like had some really rough, rough turns of events. And, you know, I was working since I was 14 and an honor student, put myself through college, got married when I was was really young and moved out and kind of was off the radar and just took care of myself. And but because I was not, quote, walking with the Lord, I was very much grouped with like the delinquency of my brothers in that I was a disappointment to my family. And it really came to a head the day of that funeral and for his viewing, because I had this background in makeup artistry, I performed, I did the, the makeup, the mortuary makeup. I did makeup on my dad's, dead father's corpse wow. the, for his service. And, you know, just to get all of the best daughter awards, I spoke at the service and there were hundreds of people there. He had a really influential life. And so, of course, I'm dealing with a lot of like laying of hands on me and, you know, a lot of spiritual stuff that I didn't subscribe to. And we get back to my mom's house that day and she feels the most opportune time to tell me that she just feels like uh, my father and her have failed as parents because of how we are and that none of us are, you know, subscribed to the faith any longer. Mm. And there, you know, there wasn't much that I could muster in that moment, except to tell her 
wow, you probably shouldn't say that to a child, <laughs> you know? And, and she said, well, that's just how I feel. And I really think something shifted for me in that day because up until that moment, I had always prepped my husband, you know, when we go to see my family, don't, don't talk about Howard Stern. Don't talk about South Park. Don't talk, don't cuss, <laughs> no drinking, no smoking, like just and, yeah, contort, twist and contort and wear the facade. And at that moment in time, it also, I think, eclipsed by all of this grief as well or I should say compounded rather by this grief, I kind of realized there are those moments when speaking up for yourself or giving voice to your wants, opinions, and needs are saying loudly that I matter and that I value me. And if if push comes to shove and I either need to choose you or choose me, I'm going to choose me. And that really became sort of infused into all of the pieces of my work. It had lots of ups and downs throughout, but that really became sort of my mission. And so now my my business, I think, can be summed up in, in two parts, really. It's the internal piece of genuinely believing in your own intrinsic value, believing that you matter, that you are worthy, that you are enough already without all the accomplishments, without all the accolades. It's that internal element, right? And then the external piece of, okay, if I really do believe that, how do I now engage with the world? I know you talk a lot about relationship. How are we in relationship with others? So what that looks like is, what do I actually say when somebody wants to rub my pregnant belly and I'm super offended by that? What do I say when somebody is inappropriate and makes a racial slur at work? What do I do when my in-laws want to feed my kid foods that I don't want them to consume? And all of these situations where, you know, we have all these terms for it, like uh, don't rock the boat, sweep it under the rug, don't open up a can of worms. And they're all ways to say, shut the fuck up and go along to get along. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the hybrid of my work and, and sort of the the impetus for <laughs> where it's gotten. Okay, wow. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, I do enough research before the guests come on, but not so much that I know everything because I like to share the wow of the audience. And holy crap, girl, like, first of all, <laughs> congratulations. Um, what a long way you've come. I, I'm, it's so awesome to me to hear your background story for, I mean, for a couple reasons. So your, 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 your ebook, which we're going to give away free for, um, the audience that's listening and we'll have the link in the, um, in the bio or in the, uh, uh, show notes for everyone is, uh, is one of the reasons why I said, oh yeah, this girl has to be on the show. And it's called <laughs> stand up for yourself without being a dick, which I thought was great. It's um, awesome. but then to now hear that you grew up this, this quintessential nice girl, right? The born again, Christian yep. quintessential nice girl. And that you essentially had to buck the entire system to find yourself, to find your joy. Right. And to really find who you are. So, I mean, that's the first thing going through my mind. The second thing going through my mind, and I am by no means an expert on scripture. I'm not, I don't consider myself religious at all. Um, But I know that there is a very famous line um, spoken, I believe, by Jesus. That is, let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. And that's the only thing that kept going through my mind. And I was like, 
Wow. And I'm like, and so I don't, again, I'm not a scripture expert. I don't know. And I'm a, I'm a student of the Course in Miracles. So I right. sometimes blend the two together um, because my teachers sometimes will, will pull pieces out of either. But um, yeah, and I was just thinking that because that's such a powerful statement on boundary and it's such a powerful statement on the strength of your character and who you are and your dignity of saying yes when it's a yes and let it stand as a yes. And when it's a no, it's a freaking no. Um, And so I I love this idea because I too, like my listeners, struggle with the nice girl complex, struggle with like, don't be a bitch, right? Like don't upset the apple Mm -hmm. cart. Like you said, a couple of other ones, right? Yes. And why the hell not? Yeah, exactly. Tell us, my dear Amy, how do we (laughs) learn... Because I'm all about the term unapologetic this year. Like, this is it. Like, I'm rebranding the whole podcast. And, you know, we're in a new season now. Uh, this is going to, the podcast is going to debut in the, in the new season next year with the new branding and everything. And it's all about this being unapologetic for me. So teach us. What do we do? How do we, how do we stand up for ourselves without being a dick? Yes. Oh, wow. Well, let me just wrap this up really nice and <laughs> Just give us like, you know, the three steps. That's it. That's all we want. <laughs> yeah, the three easy steps to standing up for yourself. You know, I do need to start by saying, first of all, we, we are primitively and biologically wired to please. If we look at even things like uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, one of our primitive needs is a sense of belonging. And for in days of old, that meant if we did not belong to a group, we would die. It meant impending death. Now, we, as we have grown and developed as a species, our, our wiring still interprets that to mean if I'm not approved of in my workplace, if I'm not loved by my children or by my partner or accepted in any arena, that must mean I'm not worthy. So that is sort of the evolution of why we even people please to begin with. So I think mm. if we can, first of all, give ourselves a little bit of compassion that, you know, as, as uh, our lady Brene Brown always says, you know, we're wired for connection. We want to be uh, intimately relatable to people. And so I think that there's an understanding of, okay, I am operating this way because I have this desire to connect and I don't need to completely sacrifice self in order to gain approval. It's sort of an untethering. So I think in addition to that, a lot of times what we do is we make up what it means if we do speak up. And a lot of this was the the genesis for the ebook title, which is we make up that if I am vocal, if I speak up, that must mean that I am behaving from a place of malice that I am being a bitch, right? And we also make up that that must mean that I am purposely hurting somebody. And do we also, uh, sorry to interrupt you, do we also yeah. then make up, because of what you just said from an evolutionary perspective, do we then also make up that I am causing a disconnection? Oh, sure. Okay. Absolutely. And the, what, what that all comes down to is something that I think disproportionately affects women, which is this notion of, I am responsible for everyone else's feelings. I am responsible for making everybody else happy. If there is any sort of unrest, if there's a, you know, my mom wants to invite me to church and I'm highly offended by that. And we have, we have these differences of opinions or political views or whatever it happens to be. We have such a hard time because we don't, we're not taught emotional intelligence for the most part. So we can't sit in that uncomfortable 
place of, oh, this person doesn't agree with me. So that's when we swoop in with something to stop the pain, which is typically people pleasing. How can I, it's usually one of two things. It's either total combativeness or it's acquiescence and people pleasing. And can I just smooth this over? How can I make you like me? And we do this in tons of, uh, of large ways, but then also in really minute ways of, uh, can I be seen walking outside of my house without a full face of makeup on? What will my neighbors think? That's an element of people pleasing. That is a, your opinion is, is matters more than me or says something about me. So we, we do it in so many ways. And I think the first piece is to be extremely compassionate towards yourself, first of all, that there's a lot that's fighting against us. And then second, to look at something that, that I, uh, like a phrase that I've coined that I think can help us to start unpack this idea, which is you are responsible for your intention, not your reception. Mm, I love that. Say that again. You are responsible for your intention, not your reception. Mm. And so much of our behavior is motivated from how am I going to be received? How is this person going to view me? How will it impact them, right? Right, right. Like, will they approve of me? Will they like what I have to say? Am I making their job easier? Am I putting them out? All of this, how can I control their response? How can I be responsible for their behavior? And, you know, I had a situation that happened about the time of the election in 2016 when I wrote a political post and, or I'm sorry, I did a political podcast and it was uh, very much about how can we communicate and bridge the divide. And, but because there, it was a political title, there was reception all across the board. So I got some people who said, oh my gosh, thank God. I had no idea how I was going to navigate the holidays without some sort of compass of how I wanted to conduct myself. Some people were indifferent, weren't even following it, didn't even give a shit. And then others were extremely upset. I can't believe you would do this. Oh, you lost a listener, blah, blah, blah. Which they clearly had not listened to the podcast because it was not, yeah, it wasn't divisive in any way. But I stopped there and I said, okay, here's my reception is all across the board. I quite literally cannot make all of these people happy, not just because they're all different, but because I'm also not in control of that. They are. So my only job is to look at myself as the barometer. Have I done anything unbefitting of me according to me? Not according to that person or that person or whatever, but as is Amy proud of her behavior, my intention, have I showed up in a way in that which I'm proud? And when we can switch that and ask that question instead of, are they mad at me? And just say something like, am I proud of the woman that I was in that instance? That completely changes the narrative. Okay. <laughs> I have to pause and say something. Um, amen, sister. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah, amen. Let's just, we're just going to, it's a full circle moment. Hallelujah, amen. That was awesome. So, yes, yes, and yes. Like, I mean, I, it's, it, it, 
I've had so many instances where, and this is where I thought I kicked it, right? Because I've had to do that same thing, especially when you, you know, you do get affected by something happening, you know, whether it's in the political arena or some other thing that's sort of in the big media and you want to, you know, speak your opinion and you want to say something about it. And, you know, because I'm publicly out there, I've had a lot of pushback, you know, I've had people... Same thing, like I, I posted something uh, months ago about white privilege and someone yeah. didn't even read what I wrote and just got their back up about it and just got yeah. really nasty and then sent me private messages. And it's like, again, I have to look back and say, and this is to reiterate everyone that's listening, what were my intentions in that moment? Was I being true to myself? Was I being in integrity with myself? And were my intentions good? And sometimes even your best intent, I mean, I've had this happen to me just earlier this year, in my best of intentions, people completely misconstruing a message, totally projecting their shit onto me, um, yeah. creating something that wasn't even true or there. And then, of course, I suffered the backlash of that. And we can go a lot into self-blame. And I love what you said there is that you ultimately have to check your own intentions. Were they yeah. pure? Were you operating from a place of integrity? And if you were, then just kind of like what you said, you, you're going to have the haters anyway, and you can't please everyone. Um, a big takeaway for me personally, Amy, from what you said, which I'm so like thankful that you said this, I think a lot of times why we pendulum swing, and I, we, I'm including everyone, but mostly women, why we pendulum swing from, you know, people pleaser to resentful bitch, because like when we've taken it so much, then we're like, and we lash out, right? Sure. The reason we pendulum swing, I think, and I got this big, huge aha when you were talking, is that we don't actually give ourselves permission um, for understanding why we want to people please or why we do it to begin with. And you just really helped me understand that ultimately it is this desire to, inc- to be included. It's this desire to connect. And it's, it's, a like you said before, an evolutionary trait. And so now I don't have to be so hard on myself. I don't have to go back to like, oh, I did it again. You know, I'm doing it again, right? And then just pendulum swinging from one extreme to the next. Now I can say, well, I can have compassion and forgiveness for myself and I can notice that I'm doing it and I can choose differently. So I personally want to thank you for that (laughs) because that's awesome. Oh, you're most welcome. Well, it's it's interesting that you say that because that's one of the reasons why the ebook has the without being a dick part because we annex this idea that speaking up I have to be tyrannical and bitchy and loud and screechy. And and it was it was quite interesting to watch the trajectory after I sort of came out of the agnostic closet to my mom. <laughs> and, uh, and what happened kind of afterwards was extremely adversarial and combative. Like I wanted to talk about abortion. I wanted to talk about gay rights. I wanted to like, let me go off about all, let's fight because it was like this floodgate had erupted. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I really got, like really handled myself in a way that I was not proud and I had to clean up my mess and I had to go back and say, I should not have spoken to you like that. I do feel very strongly about what I shared. However, my delivery was unacceptable. So I didn't apologize for who I was and how I felt, but I did apologize for my delivery. And after I started working through some of those major missteps, I realized, oh, 
we can be incredibly assertive. We can say what we need to say. We can ask for a divorce. We can ask adult children to move out of the house. <laughs> we can stand up to, you know, all sorts of situations and we can do it with the utmost grace and kindness. So now that's one of my biggest missions is, you know, when I would get some of this backlash, like you were speaking about, I would, instead of taking them to school <laughs> and doing what, you know, my kind of inner mean girl wanted to do, Being a dick. I, yeah, I, I wanted to dick out on them hardcore. And so I just said, you know, I, it would be really incredible if you actually listened, I think you might get some perspective, but if it's not for you, I wish you well on your way. And that took a long time for me to be able to do that and to recognize that I don't have to carry that burden, that I'm responsible for Amy. I am not responsible for that reception. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that's a man. huge fear. I think a lot for women and this is where, you know, like assertiveness training, I think started happening probably before the eighties, but like I'm a child of the eighties, but you know, it started happening yeah. for women way back when, and you know, we kind of got so far with it, but I think there's still this idea out there as women that if I'm going to stand up for myself, I'm either going to be a bitch or I'm going to be called a bitch. And we're so yes. afraid of that title. We're That's so right. afraid of being called a bitch because I mean, we still live in the patriarchy. Come on. Like a woman right. will in a boardroom will stand up for herself and say the exact same thing a man will and you know the whispers will be like oh what a bitch right yeah. whereas if a man did the same thing he wouldn't get that and unfortunately as far as we've come we are still living in a very patriarchal society so there's right. still this fear of being a dick right of, of being a bitch of being perceived that way and I have two things to say to that is one you know, how do we learn to do it in a way where we feel better about ourselves and we feel more integrity? And two, why should we keep caring about being called a bitch? Why can't we just own it? Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think the the same way the LGBTQ plus community has taken back queer, you know, I think we can take take back bitch, you know, I think there are, are ways in which we can, uh, say, okay, sure. You know, like, like our witchy ancestors, <laughs> like, <Yes. it's, laughs> yeah, like we are the daughters you could not of the witches you could not burn. You know, um, I think that more than that, it's uh, at least from through the lens of, of the work that I do, it's about call me that all damn day, or I can embrace that all damn day. But what I want you to know is that I value my opinion of me more than I value your opinion of me. <laughs> and that's a really, really hard place to get. So it's like, if it, call me whatever you want, you know, I doesn't matter to me. But what I think is really interesting is having the ability to say, okay, regardless of what somebody assigns to me as a label or a meaning, I'm going to allow that to be theirs. And I have this, this metaphor that I use a lot in my teaching, and it's, it's this idea that we are, if you want to think of yourself almost like a house, and you have all these different intricate rooms, and some rooms might be a mess, but some are pristine, and this is you in all of your glory. And then there's all these things that are outside of you, and some people will come up to the doorstep and they'll leave a pile of shit. And that's experiencing things like rejection, somebody trying to hand you a guilt trip, uh, all sorts of things that are uncomfortable for us to experience. Conversely, 
people can come up to that doorstep and leave you a gift, something that's beautiful and that you can welcome into your home. That's like compliments or uh, deep connections or honors or accolades. But what we have to understand is that neither that bag of shit nor the that beautiful gift changes the intrinsic value of the house. The house is already worthy. It's already enough. It's already beautiful. And then it's our decision what we bring into the house. So one of the things that I do as far as this whole idea of you're too this, you're too sensitive, you're a bitch, you're any labels, I kind of think of somebody handing me literally a giant pile of shit in their arms and wanting to send it over to me and me go, oh, you know what? I'm currently not accepting any pile of shit. <laughs> we're, we're all filled up here. Thanks. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, close for business. And, the, and what that looks like in real life is saying, I recognize that that's how you feel. I don't share that opinion. Mm, that is it's, so powerful. It is so powerful. Like if we could all do that, like, wow. Oh, it is. And, and I have to say too, it, obviously it sounds like I really have my shit together right now, but this has been so many years of practice sure. and script writing and figuring out how can I eloquently say this? How can I get through to people? How can I honor where, where they're at without making them wrong and also not sacrificing self. And so if anything that you hear, please know that any step in the right direction is amazing. And it takes time. It takes practice. It None does, of us are yeah. taught. We're not taught how to do this. Well, totally. Yeah. We're still all a work in progress. Like I said at the beginning of the recording, like I, I caught myself wrapped in this so much in the last month. And I was like, God, I thought I licked this. And you just, you don't. Like, it's like a no, and that's why nobody's an expert in anything because we're all a work in progress. Um, right. I like that you said that, you know, it takes time and be patient with yourself. And and you mentioned writing scripts. It's one of the things that I've, I've had to do for myself in the past, but I've actually walked my clients through that as well with any stuff that they're dealing with. And I mean, I used to do this when I did sales training, um, like, you know, having people write out scripts because it's the same sort of stand for your value kind of situation. So what's something like a practical tip that, you know, someone who's listening right now, like as we, you know, wrap things up here that yeah. they're listening and they're like, yeah, yeah. Like, obviously please go get this ebook. It's so, I, I just signed up for it myself. Like I, it's, yeah, like honestly, like go get it. Love it. I love what you're bringing. And what's a practical tip for someone who's listening right now going, yes, ladies, I'm so in there with you. I'm a card carrying member of a, the people pleaser <laughs> category. Yes. What do I, I do? It. What's a practical step that they could take right away? Yes. Well, first off, I would love everybody to take an inventory of the things in your life or the people in your life who you chronically complain about. Who are the ones that you, you know, oftentimes it looks like this. If you're really upset with your mom, your spouse gets an earful. If you're really upset with your, you know, your spouse, your boss gets an earful. If you, or vice versa, or the <laughs> therapist gets here, it's always we are able to vent and expel everything that we're upset about to the wrong parties. And we often do it repeatedly over and over again. So where are those situations where you're always saying, oh, my mom is always so annoying about the family trips or oh, this situation with my in-laws or what is it? Because a lot of times there is a situation there that you need to give voice to something. And 
So at first I would look at that. Where is that place? And then I would ask yourself the question, what do I need to give voice to in order to honor me? And just put, just bullet point it. What, what is that? Now, as far as how to broach that, I, I know we don't have all the time in the world. Uh, I talk about that incessantly, nonstop on my podcast, like specific ways to broach tough conversations or boundaries or specific things that you want to share. But in a nutshell, when you have figured out, here's the thing that I need to relay, ask for the time to talk with that person. That's always the first step of like, hey, I'd really love to run something by you or, hey, I'd really love just a moment of your time or um, can, can we chat about something real quick and something like that, not we need to talk. Please don't say that. And and then to say, hey, vulnerably, entering in vulnerably, hey, there's really been some stuff on my mind lately, and I realize I've been making up a lot of stories over here on this side, and I just want to kind of share with you what what's come up for me and just get your your specific side of the story as well. And be honest and share what, what the issue is. So I don't expect that everybody listening is like, okay, yeah, I'm ready to have that conversation. But at the very least, let's start figuring out where you're silencing yourself. So do that inventory and then ask, what do I need to give voice to in order to honor myself? I love that. Um, and I, I love particularly how you said to find, like, start with the list because we do tend to go vent to our spouse or to our friends or to whoever will listen, which is the wrong person to vent to. And it and it really does come from a place of feeling powerless to speak up to that person. Um, right. So I, I love how you said, like, that's where to start your inventory. And like, I mean, you know, my head was going, okay, who's on my list, right? <laughs> and then, you know, the other piece in that is, like, are you, and I have to sometimes say this to my clients, like, and I don't know how you approach this. Like, sometimes I say to my clients, a lot of times I say, be prepared to hear a no, like maybe the person, like you just said, maybe the oh, person yeah. doesn't want to talk to you, or maybe you do spill your guts and say how you feel and you don't get the validation you're expecting. And to really go in with the truth of what you're saying being your truth and not an expectation of validation or sorry okay. or whatever, right? That is, I'm so glad you brought that up because whatever the response is, you're either going to get a gift or you're going to get a bag of shit, right? <laughs> or, or maybe a little hybrid. <laughs> But what you have to remember is neither one of those responses are going to change your value or your worth. Mm. They are just going to carry an emotional frequency. One feels awesome. One feels sad, right? One doesn't feel so great. One might be guilt that's trying to be inflicted on you. Right. So one of the best things that I think you can do to help ground yourself in not getting so attached to the outcome is, is if you have a conversation or if you're going to approach somebody, let's say uh, today is Friday. So let's say we're. I know I'm going to talk to somebody tonight. I will ask myself, okay, come Saturday morning. When I wake up on Saturday morning, how do I want to feel about the woman that I was so that I'm attached to things I can control? Not how do I want mom to take it? How do I want my spouse to take it? How do, what do I want them to do? Of course we have desires like that, but we have to recognize what's in our power and what's not and getting grounded in, in what truly is. Oh my God. Amen to that again. I have just loved, I can't believe we're already at time. I have loved having you on. Um, will you come on again? I feel like we have to do a part two. 
I would love to. I would love to do like specific, I don't know how to speak up about this. Type yeah. Of like I'm wondering, like I, I just like, I mean, I could just go, we could talk for another three hours on this topic, but <laughs> I think it would be great to get some, uh, you know, the air the episode. We'll get some questions from our audience on how to specifically deal with this. And, you know, maybe we'll, we'll do a part two or answering those questions specifically. Um, yeah, like this is, I used to do, um, you know, a kind of a live show years and years ago. And I really liked it for that reason, because you can kind of interact. And um, I'd love to have you back on. I've loved having you on here. Um, just the work you do in the world is just wonderful. And I so, so appreciate you bringing this to my audience. Oh, I'm, I'm deeply honored. Because as you know, it's kind of, in the podcast world, it's like, knock, knock, can I come be on your show? Yeah. <laughs> I, I am so appreciative when anyone just is so receptive and open. And, and I have had a blast. I'd be incredibly honored to come back. Absolutely. Yeah. And for everyone listening, just she'll be back and go. We're <laughs> going to have the all the appropriate links are going to be in the show notes. Um, definitely grab this amazing ebook, if not just for the freaking title. Come on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the best title ever. Stand up for yourself without being a dick. Um, yes. And yeah, I can't wait to have you back on. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And for everyone listening, um, yeah, enjoy the show. And please do tell us uh, in the show notes what your specific um, conundrums are in this area so we can help you on the part two because we'll definitely be back. Thanks again, Amy. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep rising, everyone. For books and resources related to today's episode, make sure you head over to SheRisesPodcast.com and I'll see you there. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure you tune back in next week when I dive into more juicy topics to help make your life the best it can be. And hey, if you've enjoyed listening to the show and you love it, head on over to iTunes and leave me a rate and review and subscribe there to the show. 